On October 10, 2019, three-year-old Arabella Parker suffered a brutal beating by her mother's boyfriend, Jared Burgess. In the media frenzy that followed, several questions arose surrounding the history of abuse, the alleged reports, and who's to blame. After the child's death on November 22, 2019, one question remains prominent. How do we prevent this from happening again? Bringing you the facts of the case of the murder of three-year-old Arabella Parker, this is About Last Night, a true crime podcast. Produced by Harv Productions, LLC. Welcome back to About Last Night. I'm your host, Anna Wiest, an advocate for justice, joined today by Daily Item reporter Francis Scarcella to discuss the trials of the three individuals arrested and convicted in the murder of three-year-old Arabella Parker. Over the past two years, Christy Willis, Jared Burgess, and Samantha Delcamp have all been convicted and sentenced for their roles in the death of Arabella Parker. Today, we are taking a look at the specifics of each trial. If you remember from previous episodes, after Arabella Parker allegedly hit the wall and went into a seizure, Jared Burgess and Samantha Delcamp did not call 911. Rather, they called Burgess's mother, Christy Willis. We're gonna start off with Christy Willis, Jared Burgess's mother. So were you at that trial? I was, covered all three. Yeah, so what, what kind of went down at, at her trial? Uh, she claimed and continues to claim that uh, she did not hesitate. She did not know what was going on and, and did everything correctly. Unfortunately, a jury uh, did not agree with her, and for her sake anyway, and uh, she was convicted. In April of 2021, Willis was found guilty by jury of providing the police with false information regarding the case. In District Attorney Matalevich's statement to the judge, he explained that if Willis would have provided authorities with accurate information, a team of doctors could have been ready and the child may have survived. She was, they charged her with giving false information to the police. So what exactly did she say to the police that wasn't true? She told police that she was one place when she really was another place, and then her timelines didn't match up. For the day of, for October 10th. For the night of, yeah. For the night of the incident. And then then she just told a bunch of different stories to police that didn't add up. And, and, I mean, they they caught her, and a jury convicted her. The funny part about her trial is is that she took a trial, and she spent a long time in, in Northumberland County Prison, and now has been sentenced to a state prison where if she would have accepted responsibility and guilt, she'd be out of jail right now. Mm-hmm. But because she did not, now she sits in in prison. Yeah. And uh, she did have an appeal, and that was denied. Yeah. Her appeal was denied. So her trial was really quick. Uh, it didn't take a jury long to... Did um, Dr. Bellino, who testified... Did he testify at all three, Dr. Testified at the first two. No, not at the... not Because she was not... She would have no parts of, of the actual incidents itself. She Her, her charges were lying to authorities, so... Okay, so, um, you know, Attorney Matalevich said that if she would not have lied to the police, if she had been honest from the get-go, 
that a team of doctors could have been ready at Geisinger Medical Center. 100% true. And, like, the chance of survival of Arabella may have... They have increased because... So let's just break that down. Now, if she tells police exactly what happens from the beginning, uh, the call into Geisinger Medical Center, one of the uh, world-renowned hospitals, will have a team in place waiting on that child's arrival. So when that and child when... arrived... There what would have was been the a care hospital? Team there. What was the hospital under the impression? Did they have any warning? No, that there was before? a se- that there was a seizure that took place. So that's all they knew. That's all they knew that was coming. They didn't in. know there could be a head until trauma until they saw that there could be other. Correct, and yeah. until they saw the extent of the injuries, and then called in a team, but by no fault of their own. I mean, people are scrambling to get there now. Had they been waiting? You know, just like you see on TV where where they call it in and there's a team waiting as soon as the the you know. The patient gets off. Right. So had she been honest from the beginning and told police? They say that if she had been honest and told police that the first trip may not have even happened to Geisinger, it could have been to Geisinger in Shimokan area instead of the main branch of Geisinger. They may have been able to life flight her immediately and skip that process. And the 50 minutes to an hour that was waited before they called was a huge, huge problem. Mm-hmm. We'll be back. After this, Stay Sunbury Informed and Beyond is a motivated group that keeps Sunbury and the surrounding community updated on the area's happenings. On their Facebook page, you'll find posts that highlight events in the city as well as free promotions for local small businesses. Sunbury Informed is a group that supports the community and encourages you to do the same. Follow Stay Sunbury Informed and Beyond on Facebook. Northumberland County Judge Hugh Jones delivered the maximum sentence in this case. Willis will be imprisoned for 20 months to 17 years. Um, so I read a quote that you had written in the Daily Item where... Um, Christy Willis said to the judge that she cries herself to sleep every night and, you know, she only knew Arabella for three months, but she loved her so much. And I mean, what's your take on that? You say that, but how can you say that when you didn't, when you lied? And I mean, it's her son. Like, I guess you have to look at it that way. To kind of at least see the reasoning behind it? That, my friend, is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, you That's can just take crazy from, to me. <clears throat> you can take it for whatever it's worth and, and whatever, you know, she had said at the time. And maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. I do know she blamed the media. Yeah, in her appeal. So she appealed and well, said... she blamed the media prior to the appeal. And oh, that okay. got shut down. She tried to get a change of everything and said there was national coverage and, and you know... And I, in particular, was continuously writing story after story. Willis appealed her case to the Superior Court, claiming that the media led to her conviction. Through the motion prepared by her attorney, Willis claimed that over 12 articles had been written about her. The Superior Court upheld the county court's decision in this case. But her appeal, her attempt at an appeal, was on the grounds that the media led to her conviction specifically me yeah that the daily item yeah, wrote yes. over 12 articles that led to her conviction i would have i would have wrote 40 that's that's how much and important this case was so i would have written 40 here's the, the thing the fact I don't... is is when people fought when people are arrested they have to realize that it is a public situation that's when... what i'm saying i don't understand where's the fine line where like 
if you're arrested, like the press writes about that, that that's their job. They're going to do that. Had she have been cleared of the charges, she would have got the same amount of coverage that she was cleared of the charges. So like, I don't understand how you can say, oh, like the media led to my conviction. Well, the media did what the media does. Like that's the society Re- we live in. I don't. Reports the news to the public. And, yeah. and, and again, I'm a proud member of that and, and happy to uh, be able to provide uh, the readers across the world uh, with factual information coming from these trials and cases. So on that, she was sentenced to 20 months to 17 years and is still in prison today, correct? Still in prison today. All right. And now a quick word from our sponsors. At Sunbury Motor Company, the letters SMC mean a lot to us. Those letters stand for a tradition of trust since 1950. SMC. Stand for selling more cars and satisfying more customers. SMC. It stands for Sunbury Motor Company. And when you need a Ford, Hyundai, or Kia, you have our lowest price promise. Log on to sunburymotors.com to see more choices and save more cash. And then you can say, start my car. I'll take it. SMC. In the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. In November of 2021, Jared Burgess was found guilty by jury of homicide, four felony counts of aggravated assault for a person under 13, aggravated assault for a person under 6, child endangerment, and obstruction, as well as two misdemeanor counts of simple assault and reckless endangerment. So we'll move on to Jared Burgess. So tell us about that one. Uh, Burgess was a bit different because... He spoke to us prior to going to trial, and he was very, uh, very interested in telling his story. He said he told me on the phone. He had actually called us, and and we did an uh, uh, exclusive interview with him for the second time. And he wanted to tell his part and tell what exactly happened. And he had a lot of aces up his sleeve, and and he had a lot of things going. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case, as the jury once again unanimously found him guilty. Of the uh, of the charges and and he did get to the stand and he blamed Samantha and said there was a lot you know that Samantha had hit the child and and he did not and there was only a couple things that he did was like smack her on the bottom and I mean he just blatantly came out and and did not take full responsibility for any of it he did however say he took responsibility when he was when he when it, when it came time for the sentencing. Uh, but he had to sit there too and listen to Dr. Paul Bellino again, who just gave fantastic testimony mm-hmm. to the fact of of what these injuries were. Now he denied uh, Mr. Burgess denies you know striking the child prior to. He denies uh, a lot of the incidents, but I mean the the evidence was very overwhelming and it was mm-hmm. and it was a lot. Of and it. Dr. Bellino, um, in his testimony, he like showed the history of the bruises that were on the child when when she came into Geyser Medical Center and how he explained... Now, I saw this in Samantha's trial, but I assume he kind of did the same thing in Jared's. It's pretty much a repeat of the... Yeah, but he explained how the bruises were, like, different tones, like a purple versus a green versus a yellow, and how you can tell, based on the color of the bruise, that it's from a different time, that there was a history of abuse. You could tell it from... The bruises on Arabella. She had bruises that were that were actually healing by weeks at that point. Right. And again, according to them, the girl was very happy-go-lucky and running around and enjoying herself. But according to Dr. Bellino, who 
you got to kind of take his word for it because he's a doctor and mm-hmm. knows what he's talking about. The uh, poor Arabella couldn't lift her arms. So, again, he just he got kind of wrapped up in his in a lot of stuff that that kind of turned around and, as they say, bit him in the ass uh, would be the would be the proper term for it. But uh, during his sentencing, I found very interesting because he did read a statement and he did take responsibility and he said, "I apologize and I loved Arabella and I miss her and I have a picture of her in my cell." I probably believe that at this point. And the reason I say I believe that is because that's something that, that he'll live with as a, as a, at the time, a, you know, what, 18 or 19 year old kid. He'll never be able to take that back. At his sentencing, his attorney, Richard Fewdale, asked Judge Saylor to take it easy on him due to his age. Fewdale's case was that Burgess was himself still a child. Jared Burgess is 21 years old. Nevertheless, Judge Saylor decided that Burgess would serve the maximum sentence of 24 to 50 years. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about his sentencing. So at his sentencing, his attorney asked Judge Charles Saylor to take it easy on him because he's so young. He said something like, you know, this child was raising a child. So let's talk about that. He was what? He was how old when it happened? I think think 19. Yeah. Yeah. 19. So that's something he's going to live with for how long? The rest of his life. And he's going to be in a state prison serving the sentence for the rest of your life on it. There's people, uh, I guess, in these kind of situations need to realize that there's going to be consequences for their actions. Mm -hmm. And and, And some are a lot more than others. And this one is one of those that are a lot more than others. Now, is that something that has been done when, um... The perpetrator's, like, 19 for a judge to take it easy on them because they're young. That's not a... Like, you're no, not a minor. No, you're not a minor. He was an adult. He was living on his yeah. own. He was in an apartment. He was raising a child. Yeah. He had a family. I mean, no. And that's why Judge Saylor said... Judge Saylor laid the hammer yeah. down once again uh, on this. And, and I will say that that uh, uh, that Northumberland County President Judge Charles Saylor did a fantastic job, in my opinion, throughout all of these trials. He listened to everything. Uh, he was very fair throughout the entire proceedings on all three trials. And he also, well, on the two trials, I should say, but he but he did hear a lot of the Christy Willis stuff early on. And and uh, the fact is, he did what he had to do, and, and, and he served the law harshly. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Sholly Insurance Agency is an independent insurance company that has been family owned and operated since 1985. When you enter their branches in Lewisburg and Sealands Grove, you will be welcomed by local agents who understand your needs and want to help you find the right coverage at the best price. Locally based and community oriented, Sholly Insurance will help you protect what you love. Head to sholleyagency.com for more information. Sholly Insurance Agency, we are here to help. Jared Burgess appealed the verdict and argued that he should be granted a new trial. One of the 10 reasons that he argued was that the court allowed evidence of prior acts to be brought up during his trial, which may have altered jurors' opinions and disallowed him a fair trial. So Burgess appealed his verdict also. Of course argued like he had like 10 different reasons or something that he should be given a new trial um one of which procedure one of which was um that they allowed um that the court allowed prior like acts like evidence of prior acts into now 
something that got me on that was, was it, like, the stuff with the PFA with his previous girlfriend that showed, like, a history of violence that could have created, like, this... You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll be honest. I think there was some... Some things were brought up and... and it tied together from witnesses and it tied together from various different, you know, sources that, that, that had come forward. So again, these appeals, you know, good luck, you know, you take your Mm -hmm. shot, I guess you got nothing to lose and you have nothing but time, but it's a shame for the, for the residents of uh, any County that it happens in. And especially for a district attorney who now has to, once again, uh, file briefs, uh, have hearings, go to the whole nine yards for these appeals. The system is the system. It's the law. They get it. I don't disagree with it. They should all have their appeals all the way down the boards. But when when there's a lot of evidence that's just, you know, a lot, it, it kind of... So where does his appeal stand now? Has it been... No, not yet. No, not yet. It's still in the courts. So it's, it's still out there. It's still out there. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go back real fast. <laughs> what was funny about that, not funny, but is that... Uh, Samantha Delcamp came in and testified at all three. I mean, she, uh-huh. it, well, the first two, I should say. But she really, she got on the stand. So and what she, did she say during Jared's? That he beat her, that he hit her, and there's no doubt in my mind that he did. And he made Arabella walk up and down a hallway and march with that kid would have no idea what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And But but uh, Samantha did, and Samantha uh, also had every opportunity in the world to get away. I don't disagree with him on that point. If she wanted to leave, she could have left. Uh, so there's enough people in the small town that would have been able to come and especially her family. Like she was not trapped in a basement. She was not mm-hmm. hidden in a closet, mm-hmm. you know? So there's there, she's, she's not really telling a whole tales there. And when we get her, we're going to ask her about that. And, and she could have left. And I think she's finally going to admit that. Yes, she should have left. Mm-hmm. In May of this year, Samantha Delcamp's jury trial led to her conviction of involuntary manslaughter, aggravated assault, and endangering the welfare of a child. So, in May of this year, you and I both went to the Northumberland County Courthouse and attended Samantha Delcamp's trial. Um, she was convicted. Uh, Dr. Paul Bellino testified. Who else testified? Uh, this is everyone. Lot, everyone. <laughs> yeah, the same same players. It was this. It's a repeat trial. It was the same same story, and unfortunately, everybody had to repeat this the horrific events throughout the. Mm-hmm. Throughout, you know, the the Burgess and Delcamp trials, I, I should say those two. It's just those are kind of a repeat. Everybody was there. Uh, Brian, uh, the the state trooper Brian Siebert, who was the uh, arresting trooper, fantastic guy, fantastic job. Uh, I mean, he was there morning to night, uh, investigating the case in the beginning, follow ups uh, at the trial. I mean, you can just see it, it broke his heart to to talk about this and and to be the one that had a uh you know see what he saw and so he just did an absolutely incredible job for and the state police should be very proud uh, of his efforts in this so yeah they were very similar trials the Burgess trial and the Delcamp trial but the defense was different and now a quick word from our sponsors when my car is giving me a hard time BNS Automotive is the first place I call. Located on Front Street in Sunbury, they have been servicing vehicles for 16 years. It's the place I trust to provide quality work at a fair price that I can afford. Providing all your automobile needs, including inspections, oil changes, tune-up services, alignments, and more. Call BNS Automotive 
at 570-495-4963. BNS Automotive, quality vehicle work for less. The defense argued that Samantha was a victim in this case and was, herself, abused by Jared Burgess. District Attorney Matalevich argued that Samantha still had the opportunity to protect her child, and of that, she failed. So the defense in Samantha's trial is claiming that she was a victim in the case. Battered woman syndrome. Yeah, and that she herself was abused by Burgess. And she was. Yeah. There's no doubt. Right, right. But they were standing on that as to say she shouldn't be charged for letting this happen to her child. One or convicted of letting One of the best lines I've heard at a sentencing ever came from Judge Saylor when he said... Uh, she had a duty to protect her child, and not only didn't she do that, she criminally didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So, at the end of the day, it was one of probably the best lines I've heard while covering trials for the past decade. And uh, it was spot on. So, so yeah, you can claim that, and there is there is cases where that is the case. And there's cults, which I know we're going to get into at some point, and, you're, and we're going to dig into those as well. But there are certain situations where... Those things do happen, and there are people that are out there. Unfortunately, she was not one of them. She was willingly and able to walk out that door at any given time. And is that, you know, this is looking at the bigger picture, I think, but is that taking, is this instance taking something away from those women that are in that situation and then they're put on the stand and, like, that's people a good question. don't I believe mean, them? Yeah, I mean, I know I mean, I'm getting philosophical yeah, here. I'm looking at question. the bigger picture, but to question. me it's like... Is that taking something away from them who really couldn't get out? And then maybe we're not believing you, them. It's cry wolf. I mean, you yeah. know, you cry wolf. I mean, I, that's that's a good question. That should be its own podcast in itself for <laughs> you to discuss because it, it is definitely a good question. There was a lot of confusion surrounding the issue of Samantha Delcamp's phone. The defense made the case that Jared and Samantha shared a phone and that on the day of the beating, Jared would not allow Samantha access to the phone to call for help. Attorney Matalevich countered that Samantha could have run outside and yelled for help, that lack of access to the phone did not excuse her failure to help the child. So there's a lot of confusion. I know I told you at the trial, they spent so much time talking about the phone. The phone, the phone, the phone. They had one phone. And they said that Jared had the phone and he wouldn't let her use the Not phone true. to call for help. Yeah, it wasn't true. There was there were several phones. There was two phones. There was Christie's phone. There was Samantha had a phone. They all had phones. Who doesn't have a phone in this day and age? And, That's, and, and you the, honestly think were, she wasn't going to have a phone to communicate with her But don't her you sisters? remember that? At the trial they were saying there was one phone and she didn't have the phone and all this stuff. They spent so much time the, talking the, about the lines the defense and the was calls. Saying that. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. I, again, put yourself in that situation. You wouldn't have a phone. Yeah. I mean, every everybody has a phone these days. There's five years old it's that walk up and down. It's just testified to in court. So like you want to believe. Yeah. But, you want to trust the system and believe that it's true. Well, the jury obviously trusted the system and believed, no, you had a phone. Because yeah. here was well, the even phone so, numbers. Even so, Matalevich, attorney Matalevich was like, even if you didn't have the phone. Like, let's take the phone out of it. Even if you didn't have a phone, you could have ran out of the house. You could have screamed out the window. Not only could she have done that, she had appointments with the child where she could have went in there and walked and talked to anybody. And again, we talked about the children and youth situation the whole time. There's nobody on, there's no children and youth worker across the country, including Northumberland County, that would not have stepped in had this girl have come forward and say, listen, this is what's going on. They would have done it. Mm -hmm. They would have absolutely done it. Was there things missed? 
We've discussed that. But there's nobody in the world that would not have stepped up and said, get this girl out of the house immediately because this there's bad things happening. And if not for her, they would have done it for the child. Mm-hmm. Anybody would have done it for the child. So the phone thing was just a big waste of time. I mean, they all, everybody has phones. Do I think that they didn't pay bills and phones got shut off and they were down to one phone here and there? Yeah, I do. I think that could have been the case. And then, you know, on, on a, you know, how phone, you know more than me with technology, but these iPhones and everything these days, you can get online with a phone where you don't even need to have service. You know, through a company, you can just go on Wi-Fi or whatever. And I think that's how a lot of communications were being done. So, so what happened with the juror that was dismissed? So there was a juror that was dismissed. Uh, apparently, there was a situation outside the uh, courthouse where one of the jurors was speaking with a member of Del Camp's family, and it was reported to the judge, and the judge said it can't, it can't happen. And so, and next thing you know is that the media is sitting there, and we find out that a juror has been removed. What was said again is between that member of Del Camp's family and the juror themselves and it did no, no justice and it didn't and it didn't help their case by doing that whatsoever so good news is is that the uh, judge sailor once again stepped right in and instead of uh, because that could have caused a big mess it could have caused a whole big mistrial and, and the whole trial to start over and and I don't think that was the ploy or the or the play in the situation but but it could be and you never know and uh she was dismissed. The jury was dismissed, and and the trial proceeded forward. We'll be right back. The America's Hose Company has been serving Sunbury and the surrounding community since 1893. Today, they respond to emergencies with multiple ambulance crews and a tower within the Sunbury Fire Department. Their social club is a hot spot for many Sunbury locals looking for a relaxed environment and a home-cooked meal after a long day on the job. Their menu offers the classics along with a new special every day at an affordable price for the whole family. Come and enjoy yourself for good food, good drinks, and good friends. Last week, Samantha Delcamp was sentenced to 12 to 25 years behind bars for her role in the death of her three-year-old daughter. There is talk of appeals in her case as well. So, you know, she was found guilty. She was sentenced just last week to 12 to 25 years. Is there, you think they're gonna appeal her case too? Of course. Yeah. Of course, I mean, right now speeding tickets are appealed. Yeah. Everybody in the world is not guilty. Mm -hmm. Me or you, we're not guilty. No matter what, you're not Mm -hmm. guilty. I mean, that's just... That's just the way it is. So yes, that will be appealed, and it will drag on. Uh, it will drag on. I mean, that's just you know. Next year at this time, you'll start to uh, hear more on it, and and it'll get a, that way. If it gets denied, then there's uh, you know other appeals and other ways to go, and you know. But that's why the system's here, and it is a good case for people that, and and you know this more than anybody because of what you're doing now is that those appeals are very important to some people who are not guilty. So mm-hmm. We may be appealing something ourselves soon. Correct. On August 10th, Harv Productions LLC filed a right-to-know request with Northumberland County Children and Youth Services, seeking several documents in relation to Arabella Parker's case. The county requested a 30-day extension, which runs out Friday, September 16th. Harv Productions LLC is prepared to release bonus coverage once we receive these documents. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Come back next week for more justice-driven content. We've got plenty in the works.